and welcome to another exciting episode of Gab and Grow. I'm your host, Mary Beth Griffin, and today we're continuing one of our sub-series about uh, meeting and learning about some of the administrators on campus who have a lot to do with your time here as a student at WCSU. So today we are here with the Dean of the School of Visual and Performing Arts, Dean Brian Vernon. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, One of the things I've been asking the deans before we get into that what is a dean thing, which we are going to ask, but tell us a little bit about you and your background and what brought you to Western. Absolutely. (laughs) So... I in, in two minutes or less. Yes. Oh boy. No, no, go okay. Ahead. All right. All right. Take we'll, all the time you need. <laughs> we'll we'll filter this. So I was a university professor teaching in the classroom for about twenty one years, I'd say, and I taught at a university in Colorado. I taught at a university in South Carolina, Florida. Alabama, Tennessee, Wow! before my stop here, I shouldn't say stop here, before my destination here. So, uh, and there were many different classes that I taught. My degrees are in dance. So there were largely dance-related courses. There were history courses, dance appreciation courses. There were jazz classes, actual studio classes, Mm -hmm. tap classes, and the whole gamut. And uh, prior to that, of course, I had a career as a dancer and still concurrently with my administrative duties here now, uh, also as a choreographer. Oh, fun. So, and then I also wanted to tell you that I have been kind of, I guess you could say, moving up the ladder into Mm -hmm. administration in some of the other positions. My last position in particular in Tennessee, I created seven degrees with a whole lot of majors that mm-hmm. fell under those degrees, uh, BFAs, BAs, etc. And uh, I also defended them for the various state legislatures mm-hmm. and the various committees on campus. Right. So I think that um, when I, when we were looking at each other, mm-hmm. right, when I was looking at WestCon and WestCon was looking at me, mm-hmm. it seemed to be a good fit. Good, good. Well, we were very glad to have you here. Um You know, we had talked just a little bit before we got started here today about people not knowing what a dean is. So from your perspective, what is a dean? I'm so glad you're asking that question (laughs) because just last night I was at a function and someone said to me, oh, you're a dean. Oh, so you deal with disciplinary actions all of the time. (laughs) And I thought, no, that's not exactly it. That's a very, very small portion. It is a portion. It's a very small portion of what I do. But I think the best way to answer that question, what is a dean, what does a dean do, is to consider a dean as the academic leader of the school. So what does that entail? There there are many tentacles that Mm -hmm. fall underneath that. So the dean is responsible for all curriculum in the school. So that means if there's a class that's added or a class that is deleted or a program Mm -hmm. or a major, the dean should have some oversight and some uh, stewardship Mm -hmm. of, you know, developing uh, those those ideas. Also, the dean is responsible ultimately for all hiring in the school. So personnel matters. Then we've got the budget, (laughs) and the budget is complicated enough, right? So there's oh goodness, yes. yes. So there is a school budget, 
And then there are departmental budgets. And those budgets incorporate everything from salaries to student activities and the whole gamut. Mm -hmm. As I said, disciplinary actions are just a small portion. To be very clear, I never know what my day will look like. (laughs) I tend to have this grandiose idea that I'll get these 10 things done today. (laughs) Uh, How's that work for you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? If I go to bed at midnight, perhaps, (laughs) perhaps. But it's a good day. Mm -hmm. It's a good day if I get one or two of those things accomplished because the dean should be available for problems, issues that may arise. And that is a daily occurrence. Mm -hmm. Something happens somewhere and the dean should be available to uh, help see that issue through. Yeah. I know as we're talking about this, because this is really directed more at students, and we'll be talking about them in just a minute, but but I think it's important for students to realize all those other things that you're doing, too, which really deal with the running of the whole school and the programs that are in it. And, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to just add a class. You know, that, that there's a lot of work that goes on behind that, that scene. And, and you also have things to do with faculty and, you know, it, it's absolutely their part of it is part of it, but it's. Absolutely. You know. so, so frequently students will say, hey, wouldn't it be great if we had a class in such and such? Mm-hmm. So there are budget implications mm-hmm. often. Right. Sometimes that class exists somewhere else in Mm -hmm. the university. And so we have a a duplication. Right. That's really not a good idea. That's not a good use Mm -hmm. of resources. Right. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we may not have a faculty member who is a specialist in that Mm -hmm. area. So that so what do we do then? Right. Do do we hire an adjunct? Do we hire a full time professor? And those are just some of the issues. Now, one of the um, things I wanted to ask was, you know, what what when does a student need to come and see a dean? Yeah. Another good question. <laughs> I you know, I wish I, I wish nights, yes. <laughs> I wish I had really cut and dry black and white yeah. answers for you. Uh, but I don't. So I would say that frequently students will come to see me when they're not sure where to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a lot of different reasons, students hear the word, the title dean, and they say, well, this sounds like someone that yeah. should be able to help me. So oftentimes I will, I will hear whatever the, the situation is. We'll have a lovely conversation. Uh, sometimes I am able to help them directly, but oftentimes I direct them to, oh, this is your advisor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? yes. You should see your advisor. <laughs> or, oh, this is the chair. Or, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so this letter means that uh, you're not ineligible right. Right, to enroll or to come back to classes. We just have to take care of this one little thing, which yeah. may be a parking ticket or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. So sometimes, I think sometimes students don't, well, they don't get the hierarchy of things, you know, so, or they think they have to go right to the, the top of things. And, and so we see this a lot, you know, you're redirecting people back to where people can actually help them right away. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Let's talk a little bit about VPA. Tell us about the school, what's in it, um, you know, what's what's great about it. 
<laughs> well, VPA is kind of where I live. Yeah. And just a point of clarification, you know, SVPA, the School of Visual and Performing Arts, is different from the building, which yes. is the VPAC, Visual mm-hmm. and Performing Arts Center. Sometimes mm-hmm. I hear those two yes. uh, acronyms yes. right, used interchangeably, and they're, they're very different. So the SVPA is housed in the VPAC, <laughs> okay? That makes sense? The School of Visual and Performing Arts is housed in the Visual and Performing Arts Center where my office is located. It's very handy. So much easier than if they were in the science building. Well, I think, and I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong about this, I think we're the only school that is housed completely under one roof. I think so. I think so, which is really very nice. So Mm -hmm. in addition to my office being there, we have the departments of theater, the department of music, and the department of art. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a very active building. Yes, it is. All of the departments (laughs) are actively working all day long. Each of those departments that I just mentioned have many programs within, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're interested in theater, or if you're interested in tech design, or if you're interested in costumes or stage management, and the music side, if you're interested Uh, in being a vocalist or a jazz pianist or a trombonist. I can't mention them all here. But (laughs) in visual art, if you're interested in painting or if you're interested in photography or if you're interested in illustration, Mm -hmm. all of this goes on every day. And I I do just want to share with you that uh, sometimes, you know, when you want to take a break, when you want to go outside, when you want to just clear your head, most people, I think, tend to remove themselves from mm-hmm. their current location, and it's so nice that I don't have to do that. Yeah. I can just walk down the hall mm-hmm. and listen to a scene or yeah. see a sketch or listen to music, which is really very nice. Yeah, it's one of the things I enjoy when I go in the building because you're always hearing or seeing something that's going on there. So, And you didn't ask this, but I do just want to tell you this sure. one story. <laughs> so I was giving a tour. This is probably two weeks ago some VIPs that were on Mm -hmm. campus, and I was with uh, a bunch of folks, actually. And um, I thought, well, let's go in here into the concert hall, which I thought was going to be empty Mm -hmm. at that time. And there was a full-blown recital going on. Oh, wow. Beautiful pianist. And so we actually sat for for 10 minutes. And I thought, well, okay, we can't sit here for too much longer. There are other things to see. Right. We came back out into the lobby, and I think every strings player that we have was in the lobby <laughs> uh, uh, practicing a piece of music. And and then we went to the art gallery, and there was st- – well, to the art side of the building, mm-hmm. I should say. And there were students out in the hallway, and they were working on various <laughs> projects. And everyone thought that I had staged that. <laughs> I did not. No. I did not yeah. stage that. It was, that was a regular day. Well, and those are – there. Are- the arts is such a collaborative atmosphere anyway. And so I think you see that naturally up there because they are. They're working in groups and ensembles and they're working on projects and they've got a show that's coming up. And, you know, so all of that's going on there regardless of when you walk in. I mean, sometimes it's the weekend and it's midnight and there's still oh yeah there's still people around oh, working, yes, you know. Yes, so, yes. yeah, I, I love it. What would you say is is what makes the SVPA special? What makes the SVPA? Well, you know, I so I gave you kind of my resume of all mm-hmm. of the places that I've yeah. been. So I don't really have to reach for this answer because I have so, uh, some comparisons that I can make mm-hmm. r- rather easily. 
the caliber of what is done in SVPA is quite high. Um, there are many working artists as professionals and mm -hmm. many working artists as students too, yeah. right? So the caliber, really, you, you don't always have to go somewhere else to see a great show, mm -hmm. a great performance, yep. right? Um, and in a nutshell, that, that is what makes us special. The level of um, expertise, the, the level of accomplishment, the caliber of VPA. Yeah, I, I, what we were talking earlier, I've been around here for a long time, and we've always had incredible talent out of those areas. I think there was something that happened that was like magical when the building opened ah. up that really just kind of released things out to the wider world. Oh, very cool. That, that you know, more people know about it now. There are so many interesting and, a, and exciting things happening there. There's a sense of home. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But with incredible talent that's there to, you know, help our students get through it. You know, it's, it's amazing to Thank me. Thank you. I agree. Yeah. Are there, you know, fun things going on? this semester that are happening in VPA that that people might want to look into or, you know, different opportunities for students to get involved, too. Yes. <laughs> I forgot to bring the calendar of events <laughs> with me. Well, I know, I know, for example, Crazy for You is coming up in theater. Crazy for You is coming up in, uh, yes, absolutely, in yep. theater. Um, we have, oh my goodness, we have probably over a hundred music events yeah. every year. So, of course, that spills over into the spring. And then the uh, art gallery show as well. I, I just feel a little embarrassed because I haven't well, committed them all to well, memory. Yes, like you're going to remember everything that's going on there. I, th I think the fun thing for students is that a lot of their colleagues, you know, their their peers are in the performances they're in the recitals you talked about the recital those are student recitals Absolutely. you know so you can stop in on any given day and and pretty much be assured that you're going to see or hear something fabulous yes um, yes and and i just wanted to also share that um those are really really wonderful moments for me when i see a performance by a student that is largely controlled by the student. Mm -hmm. so, so, of course, we have, uh, you know, faculty-directed shows mm -hmm. and faculty-conducted um, ensembles and things like that. But when it is a recital, right, it's, it's driven mm -hmm. by the student, or if it's an art gallery show driven right. by the student, or the one acts driven yep. by students. Those are some of my, I'm going to say, proudest moments mm -hmm. because I usually see the students on a day-to-day basis in a much different capacity right, right? they're they're sitting they're lounging yeah. right yeah. they're working in the box office yeah. and all of a sudden right i mean quite literally at the flick of a switch right then they're on mm -hmm. they're on yeah. and they're doing their thing they're doing their art and i always have this very very a remarkable reaction to, oh my goodness, this is yeah. the same person that I mm -hmm. saw very quietly with headsets yeah. on, sitting in yeah. the lobby, you know, for weeks on yeah. end. And, yeah. and here they are in their glory, which is uh, always, always a very proud moment. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Now, I know that um, 
there's a campaign going on right now to name the school for Marian Anderson. So for those who might not know Marian Anderson, could you explain a little bit about her and how it came to be that that's the the choice, you know, we're looking to name the school after? And I think there's an event coming up for that too soon, right? Okay. I don't know how much time <laughs> I have here, but there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I wanted to make sure that I was very clear about is that this is a university campaign. Mm -hmm. This is not a campaign uh, that is run by the School of Visual and Performing Arts. It's a university campaign. Marian Anderson uh, was a world-class singer. She was an African-American world-class singer. She was the first African-American to sing at the Metropolitan Opera. Um, not first African-American woman, but the first African-American. She lived in Danbury for 52 years. Mm -hmm. She has, oh boy, countless yeah. honorary doctorates. Um, she was, just before her death, uh, awarded a Lifetime Grammy Award for all of her achievements. She was internationally renowned. Mm -hmm. Her credits could rival anyone. She was a singer and a class act through and through. However, because of the color of her skin, she was not given the recognition that mm -hmm. she perhaps should have received as this remarkable singer. She also, perhaps unwittingly, uh, has served as a civil rights icon. Mm -hmm. And by that I mean she, op she, she certainly knew what she was doing when she persisted and she um, would quietly and with such grace um, move towards equity, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yep. Well, you know, not pounding on the table, but, but persist. And by her actions, both artistically and as a civil rights icon, she opened the door for many, many, many people that came right. after her, many singers, many mm -hmm. African-American singers, but many singers and many female singers. Mm -hmm. So there is a shift in the United States that is happening right now to have a redo, right, to honor Marian Anderson for all of the things that she stood for then and to preserve her history mm -hmm. so that she continues to stand for those things. So the United States Treasury is next year, in the year 2020, unveiling Marian Anderson on the back of the $5 bill. Nice. Your $5 bill will look different mm -hmm. <laughs> next <laughs> year, and you will see this lady, Marian Anderson. They actually have a few others that mm -hmm. they will be unveiling, but Marian Anderson is one of them on the back of the $5 bill. Now, we did not start this campaign even knowing that. I believe I, believe I was the one who yeah. started doing research into Marian Anderson and discovered this, and it makes perfect mm -hmm. sense, right? Because it's, it's in the air. Right. So we want to preserve history by naming both the building mm -hmm. and the school. We also want to send a very clear signal that this is what we stand for. Right. We stand for opportunity. We stand for inclusion. We stand for hope. Mm -hmm. Right. We stand for openness. And we also don't think it's a bad idea, if you take it at face value, to name this very, very successful school in honor mm -hmm. of an African-American woman. There aren't too many schools yeah. that you could name mm -hmm. that are named for an African-American woman. Yeah. 
I think it's wonderful. And, uh, you know, I'm so excited about it. And I think it's, uh, I think if you've been in Danbury for a while, you know that association. But I think a lot of people who maybe weren't from around here don't understand her history here. In, and, and it's in a generational town. thing. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a genera- generational yeah. thing. So it's an opportunity to educate as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I want to shift gears just a little bit now. What kinds of things do you think people don't understand about artists in general? You know, so I think sometimes people, you know, they ascribe things to business majors. They ascribe different characteristics and things. And I think there are probably some out there about art majors, too. Mm-hmm. So how do you combat that, too, I guess, is the so follow-up. So I, I, I want to personalize this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I did start to finally move into administration, people used to say to me, Dean Vernon, you are by nature an entrepreneur. Now, I... I know what an entrepreneur is, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really clear about how they were applying that right. to me because I always thought that I was an artist who was smart, who would problem solve, who would make things happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that would kind of be my response. And they would say, yes, that's what we're saying. You're an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I had to take a pause mm-hmm. and, and really think about what was really happening here. So we normally think of entrepreneurs as somehow being involved, I think, usually with money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. They're usually involved with money and, and making things grow and, and looking at the big picture. And I actually started to think, well, you know, I do this all of the time. All of the time. Yeah. As an artist, we are taught to problem solve. We are taught to look at the immediate, the mm-hmm. here and now, and to look into the future, mm-hmm. Right. How are we going to massage things, right, to get from point A to point B? And I actually enjoy doing that. And I think most artists yep. enjoy doing that. I mean, you just don't have a composition appear on paper. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't just... Right, right. Yeah. So I do think that a misconception that I hear a lot is, number one, that artists are perhaps not entrepreneurs, but we have a huge entrepreneurial spirit. And the other thing that comes to me a lot are from parents, mm-hmm. and that is, oh, yes, uh, my son, my daughter is very interested in the arts, but, you know, I Are really... they going to be able to live? Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. So I tell them quite frankly, quite mm-hmm. directly, quite honestly, well, their dean has mm-hmm. never worked outside of the arts since he was 16. Yeah. And that is my story. I've never worked outside of the mm-hmm. arts since I was 16 years old. And sometimes it was directly related, you know, in a show, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, on stage. And sometimes it is as it is today, mm-hmm. right, as the dean of the School of Visual and Performing Arts. And there are so many ways to bridge areas of education. Mm-hmm. Um, just one more quick story. Um I had a student, this is at another university, who maybe perhaps wasn't the best dancer, but boy, she was always there. Mm-hmm. She was always working. She was always very energetic, and she was a, a lovely, lovely student. She told me one day that she had no intentions of being a dancer. Rather, mm-hmm. she wanted to be a dance therapist. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I thought, oh, 
please. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. This is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And she she has since graduated, and she is a dance therapist. That's very nice. So, so there are many opportunities. You just ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Don't. So this is what I'm saying to anyone who's listening. <laughs> just ask questions about career opportunities yeah. in the arts. It is not a limited field. By the way, one more thing. I know. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my friends tease me. I always say, one more thing. Oh, just one more thing. Just one more thing. Um, you know, audiobooks. I was recently talking mm-hmm. to someone. Audiobooks are recorded by people, usually yep. actors. Mm-hmm. And there are so many audiobooks, millions yeah. and millions mm-hmm. of them. So there's another example how exactly. we, we can branch out into other areas. Yeah. I know we're uh, starting to run out of time, so you know, I think your idea about asking questions is a, a perfect lead into this about, you know, do you have advice for for SVPA students about, you know, things that they should do that are going to help make them successful? Well, the first thing I want to say is practice mm-hmm. all of the time, all mm-hmm. of the time. And to practice the things that you don't want to practice. <laughs> Practice the challenging things. Practice the challenging things long and hard and first and add them to the list of things that you do well, right? Mm -hmm. Don't go out into the world the same way you... Don't go out into the world leaving here the same way that you entered here. Mm -hmm. You need to broaden your, I usually say, bag of tricks, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? What you do well. Um, the other thing is, I would say, to network, mm. right? Network with your professors, network yeah. with your colleagues. When there are opportunities um, to, to to meet uh, potential employers that are on campus, to network with them, to, uh, you know, remember what mom and dad taught yeah. us, to always say please and thank you, and to be professionally courteous all of the time. It goes a long, Absolutely. long way. Mm-hmm. Well, any um, final thoughts about maybe students who are considering coming in as a a VPA, an SVPA major? Yes. We have shadow days. Woohoo! Yeah. And the shadow days, you know, they're not really something that you could find uh, on our website Mm -hmm. or on on a calendar, quite frankly. It's a phone call. It's a phone call to one of the offices in SVPA or even to my office the dean's office, and uh, all one would need to do is let us know that you're interesting, interested in coming to a shadow day, and we will take it from there. Fabulous. I think that's an awesome idea. Um, before we finally wrap, if students need to find you, where do they find you? So I'm on the first floor. Oh, boy, it depends on what door you come yeah. in. <laughs> I'm in uh, the, the actual room number is 104 Okay. in uh, the Visual and Performing Arts Center. It's right near the box office, it is. isn't it? It, so it is. It's directly probably, next door. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I always think of that door as the back door, even though it's really the front door. To the, So anyway. <laughs> Well, I think we really did run out of time. So I want to thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today about being a dean and about the School of Visual and Performing Arts. I really appreciate that, Dean Vernon. So thank you again. My pleasure. Thank you. Um, If you have been listening in and you have questions that we didn't answer, uh, you know the drill. It's to email me at griffinm at wcsu.edu. 
and I will work hard to get the answer for you. In the meantime, you can take a listen to this or any of the Gavin Grows at your favorite podcast place. We're on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and just about anywhere you can get um, podcasts. So uh, listen to some of the others too. And until the next time, see you. Bye-bye.